0: Hello, and welcome to the X-Files Revisited. I'm your host, Graham Davidson, and with me as always is Brian Womax. Join us as we systematically work our way through the full X-Files franchise. In each episode, we will tackle a single episode of the X-Files, so join along. Watch with us as we discuss each and every detail on the X-Files Revisited. Hello and welcome back to the Season 4 finale episode of the X-Files Revisited, where we look at the top five and the bottom five of Season 4. Brian, what's your thoughts on the season overall?
1: Well, obviously, like, this is, you know, it's far from being the first time that I've watched it. Uh, But I think it, it fared even better than I was thinking. I think this is the season where actually the the mythology stuff was a bit hit and miss for me. Um, you had some standouts, but you also had some that really weren't. Um, yeah. Whereas previously, the mythology stuff has always been pretty consistent with regards to being my favourites. Um, mm-hmm. But the standalones, by and large, were actually... There was a lot of top-tier stuff in here. Um, so... Yeah, I, like going into this, I, I always would have said season three was my favorite season, and I mm-hmm. think I, I did say that when we covered season three. But having watched this now, having gone through it the way we do,
0: yeah,
1: I, it's a close call. Um, you know, if, yeah. if pressed on it, I could very well go with season four as being my favorite. Certainly up till this point, but <clears throat> I've me? got to see.
0: Yeah, the season, I would say like when I sat down to do my top fives and my bottom fives, I, I had a struggle to do the top five. You know, when, when you have got, I think there must have been about eight or nine episodes I had that were all vying for a place. That's a good mm-hmm. sign. You know, I never had that standout episode that was like, that's number one, that's, that's got to be there. Uh, the bottom ones were kind of... They were set in stone, almost. At least the bottom four were for me. The, the fifth place one was a choice of like maybe three or four. But what I found was when the season was good, it was great. When it was poor, it could be really awful. And there were some episodes just kind of almost treaded the water. But I think overall, it was a pretty positive season. Looking back at all the episodes, there's a lot of fond ones there that I would love to go back and, and check out. and I, I don't know about you, but when I do my list, although we've scored them all, and I know this drives you a little bit mental. I, I throw the scores out the window and I look at it and go, What would I, what's the episode I would put on first? What's the one I would go to next? Like, what do I want to revisit? So that's how I do my list. So even though I've scored an episode of five, there could be an episode that's 4.5 that's on this list and, and over it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do, I get very precious about the scores. I'm very specific for them. And mm. I, I, I am an hour over room for for so long that I, I like them to be set in stone <coughs> irresistible here's looking at you um so yeah uh, <laughs> so i put the question out to our audience um th- through our youtube page through mm-hmm. the community section uh but also on the addicted to the x-files facebook group um and I asked for everybody's top fives and bottom fives. And so before we get into our personal bottom five episodes, because as is customary now, we like to start with the worst and then end on end on a high with, with you know, Absolutely. not bashing the show, but actually celebrating it. So, uh, yeah. So before we get to everyone else's top fives, I will read out. Their bottom fives um, so I'm gonna to go to our YouTube peeps first and first up we've got the Midnight Woodsman uh, that's the name he goes by on YouTube I uh, <laughs> actually know who that is in real life but um yeah he a regular commenter commentator mm-hmm. commenter yes commenter. on our channel uh, so I really appreciate that uh, but Yeah, worst, he's put uh, number five, zero sum. He says, terrible decisions by Skinner blight this story. It's just too frustrating watching him confide in Mulder and Scully. Um, Oh, not confide, I should say. Too frustrating watching him not confide in Mulder and Scully. Number four, he's put demons. Just didn't grab me. Feels like late season filler.
0: Hmm.
1: Number three, Leonard Betts. (laughs) Leonard Betts,
0: whoa, okay, oh man,
1: so yeah, Uh, Leonard Betts, he says the monster is just too out there, even for the X-Files, really, man, alive, well, if you think that choice is wacky, wait until you see his number two, number two, Memento Mori, just very tedious to me, and very forgettable. (sighs) (laughs) <sighs> <laughs> okay. Um and then finally his worst apparently of the season is number one absolute dog turd. He says <laughs> this these has got to be jokes. I've just seen some <laughs> something that's on his number on his best but we'll get there when we get there. Um yeah. So his number one worst episode of the season is Never Again which he says has a tame villain and just not believable Scully would have a romance with this guy. Wow! Hmm.
0: That's wow. interesting. See, I, I like getting it's... other people's opinions.
1: <laughs> just, just to see it, it
0: like a cross-section, I suppose, of the fans. Um, they are personal lists, Brian, aren't they? <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. It's just that
1: some are more wrong than others. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> Um, so, uh, Bastion, who again through our YouTube channel, uh, so his top, his bottom five, I should say, his five worst episodes are number five, Synchrony; number four, Teliko; number three, Sanguinarium, which I know is a quite a favourite of yours, I would imagine; uh, number two, he put Kedish; and number one, Tony, Tony,
0: he absolutely. Start again. Let's go through this. Let's let start from the top. Number five, go. Ah.
1: <laughs> number five, synchrony. Number right. four,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Number four, mm-hmm.
0: Just... te...
1: telecar, right. Uh huh. Which mm-hmm. certainly deserves to be on the bottom five. Uh, yeah. N- number three, sanguinarium.
0: Yep. Yeah. See, I-, I could understand that.
1: Yeah, number two, Caddish. Right, and okay. No, no just go. No. <laughs> <Cool. laughs> number one, the absolute worst, according to Bastian, is the field where I died. Which I can't really understand that one. His yeah. comments. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, so his comments were: I don't know exactly what it is about the field where I died that makes it my least favourite, but it has never <laughs> sat quite right with me. I don't think it is any one thing, but just a building up of small niggles that bother me. These include Mulder's hypnotic regression, which goes on way too long, and the same name syndrome that the X-Files suffers from in general. Whenever Mulder refers to being married to Melissa in a past life, I constantly get confused and think he's talking about Scully's sister. (laughs) Okay, so... That was our YouTube friends. And Mm. over on the Addicted to the X-Files Facebook group, we've got, first up, Scott Dobson. His least favourite five. Uh, At at number five, El Mundo Girard, or Girard. Another interesting concept that didn't live up to its potential. That was obviously going into this was always going to be my least (laughs) favourite until I actually rewatched yeah. it again and realized i was smoking crack or something but um at number four sanguinarium an interesting mm. concept but needed more backstory instead of numerous deaths taking up so much space after two deaths i think the facility would have been shut down i have to agree with him on that one <laughs> so as, as much as i i'm entertained by those deaths and whatnot i do think that that facility stays open way too long Uh, Number three, Kaddish. Somewhat boring with Mulder and Scully's investigation taking a back seat in the episode. Number two, The Field Where I Died. The lead guest actress may not have been the best choice to sell this story. Totally agree. Uh, And number one, his absolute worst, Telico, A concept that feels rushed and not well fleshed out. Uh, Next up, we've got Robin Remick. Uh, and she says uh, in no particular order bottom five field where i died musings of a cigarette smoking man mm, okay cool. zero sum unrequited and caddish F- uh, she says for the less Liked episodes, it's been a while since I've watched a few, so I can only say I must have found them boring. Season four is weird to me, laugh out loud. It has a few of my favourite episodes across the first seven seasons, but contains the most meh episodes, in my opinion. So for me, I'd say it's maybe the most inconsistent season. Also, it was very hard for me to not put Memento Mori in the favours list, but we'll get that to later. So, um, okay. Next up, we've got Amber Michelle Johnson. Her top five: no comments. She just puts number five Taliko, number four Caddish, number three Musings of a Cigarette Smoking Man. No love for for CSM there. Eh? Number two El Mundo Girar, and number one Never Again. Um well, and then April Maori, her bottom five. Number five, Sanguinarium. Number four, Kaddish. Number three, El Mundo Girard. Number two, The Field Where I Died, which she says, boring storyline and horrible actress for the main role. And number one, Never Again. Not a lot of people seeming to like Never Again. It wasn't my favourite episode, but I would say it was far from being uh, worst of the season. Yeah. So that's incredible. Right, okay. Um, so we've also got Jamie Taylor, but no, she's not given any bottom five. She's just given her
0: top five. So we'll get to that
1: a little bit later. But there you go. Thank you, everyone,
0: for those comments. Okay. Um, well, I start us off with the worst it was the number yeah. five okay so my number five least favorite episode it uh, was terma now the, i i put this on here because it was a, the second part of a two-parter yeah yeah um, and usually these are the ones that are all full of action they're exciting everything's kind of coming together it's tying off a two-part story but this is just dull it's just it's really dull I mean, we got a trip to russia we've got cry check we've got the black oil but we've got all these elements that should be like a home run and it yeah. just fumbles so badly
1: yeah totally agree um <clears throat> so my number five of my worst is unrequited and this is one of them episodes a little bit like terma in the sense that it it it's there's, there's not enough to cover the episode um mm. they've stretched it out and they do that thing where they show you a scene that we've already seen and they're going yeah. to show it to you again at the end and it's just like okay and it's really long it's like a really long intro so you just think you know what you could have lost that started with the 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 other thing the other scene that comes after the opening credits and 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 let that be your teaser and then stick a little bit more character stuff in there um yeah. so it's not an episode without merit i think it's a good story uh it, they just fumble it by doing making silly choices uh but yeah unrequited for me it's unrequited is quite unremarkable because of those mm. choices that they've made
0: yeah, completely agree. In fact, I agree so much that I made it my number four unrequited. Um, <laughs> it, do you know what? It's again, it's exciting elements, but they choose the wrong avenue to tackle this story with, and, and ultimately mm. it becomes just dull and uninteresting. Yeah. From, from that great opening, from the, and, and the idea of the killer, it just it just becomes banal and kind of tedious yeah. and boring and does not offer anything new. And like you said, that re- repetition of the first sequence seems to go on twice as long as it did when it started the episode. It's just like, why? Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, totally. So my number four is Heron Volk. So this is the season opener. Again, the second part of a two-part story. And this is one of the problems with season four, as I say, is the mythology stuff. It's starting to get a little wound too tight, starting to crumble in in parts and not not really be as focused as it once was. If you think about the heights of, like, Piper Maru and Apocrypha, which was just so, so well-orchestrated, this just, it kind of fizzles out. You come back after... You know, like back in the day, you would have come back after spending like months away, and you're waiting for this cliffhanger to be resolved. And it's just a little bit like, mm, there. It's just okay. That's that's it. That's all you got for us. Mm. Um, and and I I I I don't usually have a mythology episode in my bottom five. I'm not sure I have had a bottom... I don't think I have had a mythology episode in my bottom five. Possibly Mm -hmm. Red Museum, but that's one of those mythology episodes where if you take it out, no one would notice. It's kind of like half mythology, half Mm -hmm. Monster of the Week type thing. um, But yeah, in general, they don't go in my bottom five because I I do like them a lot. Um, It's where I'm usually most invested. But here, it was Mm -hmm. just like, uh, okay...
0: Okay, my number three is Kaddish. Um, okay. Like, like, again, it's just it's just boring. <laughs> like, it's really <laughs> dull. It's so dull. As it starts off mm-hmm. with the murder of a Jewish man, we get the idea of the golem coming back for vengeance. We've got the um, the the racist printer that suddenly just <laughs> turns everything up to like crazy, like, almost mm-hmm. immediately. Um, it just in the the super dull finale which was just yeah you know it it's a genuine myth it's a great myth there could have been a a wonderful episode taken from this but they focus on the wrong aspects of the religion and the persecution of the religion and then this lovesick wife who didn't get to marry her husband it just everything becomes down to just boring really boring and that's for me the cardinal Sin within an, an X-Files episode, yeah.
1: Although it did have an amazing scene in which Mulder gets knocked down by <laughs> and loses his gun, <laughs> and Scott yeah. is like there to save the day. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Get he gets one brownie point for that scene. <laughs> <clears throat> so, my number three is your number five, it's Terma. Um, yeah, again it it's a it's 30 minutes worth of episode stretched out to 42 yeah. minutes um and it and you feel it you feel it big time there's stuff in it that kind of goes unexplained or certainly mm. not explained enough which makes you go well you had plenty more screen time there that you could have worked something in that to explain that stuff instead of showing us these flipping scenes we've already seen. So, yeah, again, just makes no sense. Why why leave us confused about certain things that should have been covered for the sake of showing us stuff we've already seen? Yeah, it, it wasn't a good mythology episode. I, I didn't quite understand motivations sometimes of, of characters. What they were doing,
0: so yeah. yeah. Uh, my number two was the the field that I died. I that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that's my so... number two as well. Yeah, the field it's where so I died. Dull. Just, just, yeah, yeah. See, when opens, it opens and with one of the worst openings in any X Files episode. It's like, Mulder standing, reading, or it's just oh, poetry. Yeah. Uh huh, and then they finish with that as well, just to go like you remember that boring bit at the start that was deeply uninteresting. Well, there's <laughs> more of it, folks. Um, I I did. I, I know one of the commentators said that the the female performance wasn't great. I thought her performance was really good, but the whole cult aspect of it and it just the, yeah. the idea of past lives, which has never been touched on before or again after this, it was just it just wasn't interesting. Yeah,
1: I did nothing. No, I it's my number two as well, and yeah, everything you just said except I. I found it hard to watch. It's not that she. It's not that her performance is bad. I I just find it annoying. There's, there's something about it that grates on my nerves. Like I can. It's like I can see the strings. I can see the, the acting. Like you know, if this if this was a higher class of actor. I would be so immer- like you think Edward Norton in, mm-hmm. um, oh, Primal Fear. It, it, yeah, in Primal Fear, or or James McAvoy in Split, when when they switch personality, you believe it. You're not. Yeah. You're not. You don't feel like you're watching an actor play these different personalities, You just feel no. They've they've suddenly started playing a a, a different character. That they, they are a different character. It's just mm. that they're in the same body, and 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 to me, yeah, she just don't quite carry it off. Um, yeah, but beyond that, they're just is it, is it. Other than that opening sequence, there is a decent setup that comes after the opening title sequence mm. that that builds a bit of intrigue. But the moment we start getting into past lives stuff and all that, it's just a... yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: gone completely. Okay, my number one is no surprise, Telico
1: Telico yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my number one. As well.
0: <laughs> now I'll tell you something. One thing that kind of is, is a bugbear of mine is when they do reboots or remakes of great films. So, yeah. why do they try and remake one of the best episodes of <laughs> The X Files with Squeeze? With which is yeah. you know, and they're like, you know, what we could do to make it better? Let's be a little bit tone deaf. We'll have a uh, <laughs> this black guy to be white, and it's full of deeply uninteresting characters, horrible situations. Just ah, uh, everything about it just makes me want to cry. Yeah, it's
1: it, it. was, it was a depressingly dull episode. Um, yeah, the, the monster of the week isn't even interesting. It's really elaborate, like the stuff that he's got to do just to <laughs> administer. It's, it's like you'd you'd be much better just sticking someone with a needle it's like yeah. a hell of a lot more similar yeah it, it's just ridiculously convoluted um, it, it's kind of racist in many ways uh, and it's yeah it's just it, it doesn't do it for me at all no. um, like you say every, every time I've watched this and that isn't many times I can assure you I've just thought why am i watching this and not squeeze right now um yes so yeah there you go that's our bottom five
0: yeah uh, quite similar there brian hmm
1: yeah so, um, I i did.
0: yeah Herenvoke was in with a shot of being my number five but mm. terma pushed it out
1: yeah i so i had Caddish as my number six so literally, our, our top fives are almost identical. Um, if, yeah. if, if we'd done a top six, we'd literally have all the same choices yeah. in there, just slightly muddled round. So that's, that's that's pretty good. We're on pretty much on the same page with this season, I think. Certainly in the yeah. bottom five, anyway. Yes. <laughs> see what happens when we get to the top five. <laughs> mm. yeah. Okay, so do you want to hear everybody else's? top fives
0: oh yes oh that's captivated go for it
1: yes so yes (laughs) oh man midnight woodsman you got some explaining to do pal (laughs) let's do this (laughs) let's do it he's got some really good choices on here all but one so um like you say it's all subjective yeah number five yeah yeah number five he's put gethsemane Fantastic scenery, plus an ingenious new way to deceive Mulder. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number four, he's put Tempest Fugit slash Max, because, let's face it, it is just one episode, really. Uh, Great mystery story, brilliantly unravelled over two episodes. Number three is Paper Hearts. Brilliantly realistic spin on what might have happened to Samantha. Yeah, absolutely agree. Mm. Number two... <clears throat> prepare yourself for this, Graham. I'm glad you're already sitting down. But number two is Teleco. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's crazy. He says, I love the climax in the cement factory, which is very tense. And also the episode's cheesy music. Now, <laughs> Oh, hang on a sec. Hang on. I've missed something that he said here. So at the top of his comment, he does start with these are not in ranking order. OK, oh, okay. but even if they're not in ranking order, that still could mean that Teleco has cracked the top five. Yeah. Uh, and at number one, but I, I don't know if it is number one, because like I say, it's it's not it's not in ranking order is home uh, which he says really gets my blood pumping once you realize how formidable the villains are yeah absolutely um so bastion he says my top five i think you'll be surprised by my number one given uh, given your comments in the respective video i've always really liked it though I like that we get another episode focusing on Skinner, which we haven't seen since Avatar, and although it doesn't make much sense, I just think the bees in the wall are very cool. So, obviously, you can tell from that that his number one is zero sum. Uh, But number five, he's got Terma. Number four, Small Potatoes. Number three, Tempest Fugit. And number two, Max. So, yeah. 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 Um, so, back over to the Addicted to the X-Files Facebook group. And first up, we have Scott Dobson, who says, Number five, he's put home, simply a great horror story. The choice to play the song Wonderful Wonderful during contrasting violent images was pure genius. Even during an outrageous, disturbing story such as Home, writers Glenn Morgan and James Wong were able to have Mulder and Scully evaluate their lives if they were to ever become parents. Mm. Number four is Never Again. Although this episode was aired out of order, it was originally scheduled to air before Leonard Betts, it fit Mm. nicely as a character study with Scully appearing as though she was personally dealing with the possibility that she may have cancer. Evaluating her life choices and where they have led her, she and Mulder spend time apart as she investigates a possible case in Mulder's absence, only to discover that she is involved with a possible psychotic man. The time she spends in retrospect and self-evaluation is another testament to Gillian Anderson's acting chops. She can say so much with simple expression. The choice to have no-score music during her and Mulder's stalled conversation at the very end is extremely effective. See also beyond the sea. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, Number three, Unrui. Some consider this another damsel in distress episode for Scully, but but it is really an excellent investigative study as both Mulder and Scully use the evidence that is presented to them in their prospective wheelhouses. Hmm. Though Scully's tangible evidence and Mulder's paranormal approach, sorry, through Scully's tangible evidence and Mulder's paranormal approach, they are both working as a unit to apprehend the suspect at a specific moment, even though they are apart. Mulder uses both his paranormal and Scully's tangible angles in the end to locate Scully. Excellent storytelling. Number two is Leonard Betts. In Season 3, Scully discovers a computer chip in the back of her neck and has it removed, a result of her abduction. She also meets women that have experienced similar abductions with removed chips and finds out that one of them is gravely ill with cancer, a possible result of her abduction. Nothing else is mentioned in Season 3 about cancer and the topic leaves your thoughts. Enter season four with a monster of the week story that is bonkers good about a man that requires a diet of cancer to survive. Then throw the viewers a twist ending that Scully has cancer. If this episode didn't make you love the series, no episode would. And at number one, favorite episode of the season Paper Hearts. David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson act their asses off in this episode. They understand when they have an excellent script and know how to use their chemistry to make the best of a story. Mm. Mark Mark Snow's score is both beautiful and sorrowful. That guy knows how to sell a scene, such as when Mulder is examining bones to determine if they belong to his sister by a broken collarbone. The music and acting make it palpable. Scully says to Mulder, you said it yourself once. A dream is an answer to a question we haven't yet learned to ask. Excellent series continuity referring to a line Mulder stated in season two's episode, Aubrey. Oh, and an excellent performance by Tom Noonan as the understated child serial killer. Chills. And Robin Remick, she says her top five are Unruy. Interesting concept with perfect casting choice for the antagonist with a bit of shippiness. Is that a word? Thrown in. Uh, number four. Ship, shippiness. As in shippers. Shippiness. And, yeah. <laughs> shippiness. Yeah. So, number four. Paper Hearts. Somehow manages to be both an X-file and true crime that tugs at the heartstrings. Number three. Never Again. Get to see Scully in a different light and awesome tattoo. Got the same tattoo as my first at 17 years old. Wow. Okay. Mm. Uh, number two, home. Disturbingly well written, but still had tender moments. And at Number one, small potatoes. Mmm, Darren Morgan. Shippy and yet hilarious. Uh amber michelle johnson her top five are home demons the field where i died (laughs) she does admit she she says i know a lot of people don't like this one but i personally loved it okay that's fair enough it's all subjective number two is paper hearts and number one is memento mori uh april mowry Number five is Unrui. Number four, Tempest, Fugit and Max. Number three, Small Potatoes. Number two is Demons. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, all right. Number one is Paper Hearts. Mm. And yeah, here we go. So final one, Jamie Taylor. She says the top five. Uh, I don't know if this is any in any kind of order. She's just listed them but unrui super interesting story idea and of course the scully in danger Mulder to the rescue apps are great the field where I died again no explanation necessary I think there is Jamie I think there yes. is some explanation necessary Um, <laughs> you can't just yeah just drop that in there and I'd say no explanation necessary there, there truly is uh, paper hearts the delicious angst um see paper hearts i would say no explanation necessary yep. uh, leonard betts you have something i need and memento mori again no explanation necessary with special shout out to the acting in the closing scene of never again and if i could pick one more i'd pick home because it's amazing so there you go that is everybody's top fives that, that wrote in for that thank you to everyone who did write in whether it was directly on our youtube community page or on the addicted to the x-files facebook group uh, pleasure to to have the interaction thank you uh, so now me and graham are going to do our personal top fives and as graham started on the worst ones i'm going to start on the best ones so my number five is memento mori a really great uh, conspiracy episode, mythology episode probably the, probably the first decent mythology episode, proper mythology episode of the season, uh, great character stuff uh, relational stuff with Scully and all the people around her, Mulder running around trying to save her it's just, yeah, it feels this is like the opposite to Terma in the sense that it, it feels like this could have actually been stretched out over more running time because um, it just felt that dense really, so yeah, that's my top that's my number five
0: Okay, my number five is Unruhi. Um, just I, I like the procedural aspect to this you know, with Mulder tracking down the colour and having to use his smarts, while being emotionally um, invested in this as well the, the colour is great, the abduction sequences are pretty just spooky you know, mm. the, the That hairs in the back of your neck, especially the one where it's under the car and into the ankle type thing, and the idea of the Polaroids are such a wonderful conceit. You know these strange, twisted images. Like when they get the phone call going, look out for a really tall man. Like (laughs) just, just as the guy walks in on the stilts is just wonderful. Um, I think it's really effective. And although it wasn't a five out of five for me, it scraped onto my top five list because. I just I just like the episode so much.
1: Yeah, I I totally get what you're saying. Like when when we first went into season four at the start, I I was positive when Rumi was going to end up on my top five. Mm. Um, and it was it was when we when we reviewed it that, that, that there was a I th- there was like a tiny niggle. I can't remember. What, I can't even remember what it was at this point. But I think. It's still going to be an episode that I will watch more than some of the ones that are on this list. Like I will yeah. watch Unrui more than I watch Memento Mori. I think there's more entertainment value from it than yeah. there is from Memento Mori. It's not as dour. It's not as, whew, but it's not as heavy emotionally mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so it, yeah, it's, it is, it, it's bizarre. I, so I, I totally get where you're coming from with regards to, yeah, there might be there might be a five-star rated episode that that you've put lower than this, but I, I can kind of understand it um, totally. Uh, Unruhi is is actually my number six, and I was just I was like, I was tying with the idea of just mm. fiddling my mark and just saying, <laughs> actually, no, I'm, I'm bumping it up to a five. But we we were quite clear on on why we gave it the scores we did, so yeah, I I, I feel confident that that score is valid. Um, mm-hmm. So it. Just missed out on on cracking my top five, but uh, yeah, four. my number four is Small Potatoes. This is a a Darren Morgan episode in the sense that Darren Morgan is in it. Um, so it's it's written by Vince Gilligan, obviously, who would go on to with great success with Breaking Bad, um, and it's it's just it's hilarious. It's character driven. Uh, it paints these really vivid pictures of who Mulder and Scully are, uh, simultaneously mocking them and yet kind of being quite truthful about their their characters. Um, it, it's it's just yeah, it's a stroke of genius, and it, it, it it's it's quite fitting that darren Morgan should be in it because it does feel like a darren Morgan episode it feels like the kind of episode he would write so yeah Yeah. great stuff
0: okay my number four is the always popular sanguinarium um (laughs) which again we we spoke about and it just fits into the wheelhouse of things that i love um you know the the kind of strange rituals, the gore-filled sequences where they really do push the gore for like a TV show, Um, the idea behind it, the kind of sting in the tail of the doctor who's going to move on and continue to do these weird practices. Um, Everything about it was just fun. Uh, the, The red herrings, how it leaned towards it being a certain character, the bathtub sequence which was just awesome uh, just so many things about it were just bloody gory quirky my kind of show
1: yeah I, I i specifically remember the uh <laughs> the metal dildo thing <laughs> there's a bit of a visual gag it's supposed to be a surgical tool but it's just like man alive um <laughs> yeah didn't crack my top five but I, I i did find it highly entertaining and it does i do find it odd that it it does end up on so many people's bottom five of the season uh but yeah so my number three and i do this every season is actually two episodes it's the tempest fugit and max two parter um i've said before i think this would have made a great first x-files movie something that's got a little bit of the mythology stuff peppered in for diehard fans but not so much that it alienates new fans um i just think yeah throw a bit more money at this and stick it on the big screen and you've got yeah. a brilliant first x-files film um but uh yeah uh, it it just it just works it just it just works from start to finish it's it's a really engrossing Kind of mystery it's got a, a genius idea genius concept behind it about the being abducted mid-flight and then yeah the reasons for that plane crashing it's it's just it's all really well handled um and you know rest in peace agent Pendrel
0: mm. yeah um which you spoiled for me and <laughs> uh on to my number three which is paper hearts which mm. you know talking about Talico and how it was kind of rip off of Squeeze. You could say yeah. that Paper Hearts is a, a, a spiritual sequel to almost Beyond the Sea. But it doesn't Definitely. try to just copy it. It includes its own story elements and it furthers the characters and the mythology yeah. of the X-Files. So it does pick some of the good parts from that. You get Tom Noonan, who is just fantastic. We've got a great oh, mystery and yeah. the whole idea of, and I love this, the duplicity of a character. Is he, is he telling the truth? Is he just really? Yeah. Mulder in to feel pertinent again and it just feels as if there's a real emotional core to this one as well when i love the relationship between Mulder and scully and, and how they know what they're dealing with here terrific episode
1: yeah absolutely uh so my number two um i've got a feeling call me crazy but i've got a feeling this is going to be your number one uh, yeah I feel like I know you enough now to, to judge what's gonna be number one but I could, I could be wrong
0: I'm not, sh- I'm not sure my number one didn't even right <laughs>
1: you're
0: gonna change it
1: now just to- <laughs> just miss to- <laughs> but um so my number two is home um it's a bleak dark Texas chainsaw massacre kind of thing um that's that I would personally say is better way better than any texas chainsaw massacre movie it's got more character development i feel like it's got more to say quite frankly despite what all the tcm diehards mm. protest towards me about uh, i just think it's, it's brilliantly character driven it's got one of the ickiest kind of monster of the week type pulling mrs peacock out from under the bed just yeah. really stuck with me but there's so much in this where you look at it even now you watch, you watch it and you think, I can understand why this was banned from from television for, for so many years. You know, we, we open up with the death of a baby. Not just the death of a baby, a m- the murder of a baby yeah. and being buried alive. And it's just like, if that's how you can start an episode, yeah, and yet the episode is really great, then you know they're doing something particularly special it's it's yeah absolutely fantastic and and as the uh the, the member of uh, addicted to the x-files said so brilliantly before just yeah that that twinning up of the you know the juxtaposition of the, the like the horrible images with that real upbeat <laughs> 50s tune is uh <laughs> yeah stroke of genius absolutely brilliant yeah.
0: Uh, my number two is small potatoes. You know, it's like let let's let's take a story about five women in a small town who were all raped <laughs> and had mutant children. And let's Allegedly. make it a comedy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and let's make it funny. Is this you know? <laughs> okay, so you get Darren Morgan, who is, I think, a fantastic comedic actor. I said it in the review. His mm. Expressions and reactions to things were so comical, like a cartoon character. It was just funny to see him, and to see the his skewed perspective of Mulder when he takes on that guy's is just hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> um, this one for me is just—it's just a fun, feel-good episode. You know, it just mm-hmm. uh, gives me an insight into the characters. It gives me a fun antagonist, although I don't feel like he's ever—he's ever really the bad guy. Mm. Although, what he's done is abhorrent, but at the same time, think <laughs> just a, a lovable loser, almost. Mm. It just It's one of those ones that when I think about it, I get an instant smile thinking about how fun it is. So, yeah, Small Potato is my number two. Excellent. Uh, my number one is
1: Paper Hearts. Now, as you quite rightly pointed out, this, this does feel like a spiritual sequel to Beyond the Sea, which was my favourite episode of season one. Um, it, 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 I, I, all I can do is echo, echo everything you said. It's just, you know, in the way that Teleco is a really bad example of ripping off a great episode, this is a really good one because it is its own thing. It's mm-hmm. It's very, very character-specific. Now, Beyond the Sea was very character-specific to Scully, this one is very character-specific spe- to Mulder, and it yeah. raises a lot of ideas and questions um, that, that call into question Samantha's abduction and, and, and put a new spin on it that that could actually, further down the line, come to have some kind of, you know, a, a, a yeah. bit more relevance. So it's just, yeah, it's brilliantly acted, Um the guest star of the week when you get a guest star like tom noonan and they use him as well as they use him here it's, it's yeah. just I, I love it it's an absolute five star episode it's de- definitely my favorite of the season i pretty much knew that going in um and i was very happy to to have those thoughts confirmed by watching it again this time around so. okay
0: well as you guessed my number one is home um, and pretty much a lot of the reasons that you said, but I, I will say that the, the X Files do touch on horror a fair bit throughout their episodes, but nothing has been as horrifying oh, as yeah, this one from yeah, the yeah. opening rain soaked shot, uh, shots of, of the baby being buried, right the be through, to the attack in the sheriff's house, to yeah. the siege on their house when it's got all the booby traps, to the mother and yeah. son escaping at the end. It, it has all these. I mean, there's no doubt at all, this was the blueprint for Wrong Turn. Really, wasn't it? I mean, it it, uh, it is. is. It's horrifying. But somehow it just, it it becomes larger than just an X-Files episode for me. This is something that inspired like a series of films. This is something that feels more cinematic. A lot of the shots, the the top-down shot, at the the car at the end with the mother and son in them, um, and a lot of the attacks and the gore, but they're saying something as well about the community and their yeah. willingness to just turn a blind eye to everything that's going on. You know, don't talk about it. It's just a weird little secret. Yeah. Terrific episode. But, is, yeah. but 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 for the
1: sake of holding on to that idea of what the idyllic America is is, no. is kind of in people's minds. So it's no. like it's almost like they ignore this evil because it's, to look upon it would shatter the yeah. the the yeah the reality that they they believe or want yeah, to it's almost like in the, in the visage
0: of the nuclear yeah. family and in the actual like the worst <laughs> the nuclear family
1: yeah absolutely um so that obviously is our top fives um yeah. now what we like to do at the end of these wrap-up shows is give our averages so i've i've gone through and I have worked out our averages for this season. Now, before I give those averages, I would like to revisit our previous season
0: averages. So, oh, the X Files yeah. revisited, revisited.
1: Yeah. Um, but before I give those, yeah. let. If I were to ask you right now, Graham. Um, yeah. To rank the four seasons we've just watched, um, okay. how, how do you think you would place them?
0: I've got two answers for you, Brian. I've got one that is, is uh, in my perception, and then looking at the scores for this yeah. season, where I think they actually land. So in my perception, I would say season three, four, two, then one. But in scores, I think it's going to be pretty much four, three, two, one. 3 2 one Okay. Um, so, season one, mm-hmm.
1: I gave an average of 3.1 out of 5. You gave an average of 2.9 out of 5. Yeah. <laughs> season two... I gave a three point seven out of five, so that was an increase, and you gave a three point five out of five, which was a considerable increase, uh, as far as average scores go. Season three, I gave a three point eight out of five, and you gave a three point six out of five. So yes, once again, an improvement on season two. Season four, do you hazard, or do, do you, would you attempt? To have a guess oh, it, as to what your average might be for this season. 3.7? It it's actually 3.9. Wow. Okay. So it's considerably higher, to be honest. Mm. Uh, so certainly if you go from season one to season four, you've got your 2.9 average from season one to a 3.9 average. Hmm. On, uh, on season four. So my average score for this season is four out of five. Just bang on four out of five. Which, yes, as you said, um, the reality is that we would both rank these four seasons four, three, two, one. Um, hmm. And like I think I said at the start of the show, uh, I, I honestly would have expected season three to be at the top. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, so here's a question for you, Brian. What can I expect in season
1: five? I think you can expect that the mythology stuff on the whole, I think, is, is definitely better than what we got in season four. Okay, um, there is a few standout standalones that I can that I can remember, but I I don't know that we're gonna top season four.
0: Oof.
1: I don't know; it, it's it's tricky. So see, we're we're moving into territory now where I've not seen them quite as
0: much, right?
1: As like season one to four, I you know I'd watched them so much. Mm-hmm. Se, season five, I've definitely seen it quite a bit, but no near. As much, so it would, yeah. Um, I, I think there's going to be a few episodes here that I'm going to be quite happy to revisit. They're going to feel quite fresh to me. Um, so maybe not so much, but yeah. But my, my, yeah, my, my biggest, my biggest takeaway from our answer to that question is I think I think the mythology definitely takes a bit of an upturn from what we got in season four.
0: Okay, excellent. Now I, I'm. I'm looking forward to continue. I'm interested to see how the season starts, especially after that finale, which I loved. And it was hard. I almost put that on my list, but just because the ending, Mm because it was so good. I'm I'm looking forward to season five, but it's going to be a while, Brian, because we are going to have a little break because it's summertime. We've got some family (laughs) coming. So we are looking to come back in August Mm -hmm. at some point with season five. Uh, refreshed, rejuvenated, and ready to go. Absolutely. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there won't be any episodes for a while, but don't worry, we are coming back, aren't we, Brian? Uh,
1: yes, we're definitely coming back. We're definitely coming yeah.
0: back. <laughs> We've started, and we will finish this endeavor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Something to I love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'd like to say thanks for joining us for season four. Thanks for sending your comments in. They were fantastic. A lot wacky, some people, but <laughs> fantastic nonetheless. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you listening to us on iTunes or whatever podcast you listen to us or watching us on the YouTube channel, which is fantastic as well. We we'll love reading your comments, so keep them going. Uh, thumbs up or rate us would be fantastic as well. Share the podcast. Let other people discover our love for the X-Files revisited. And we'll see you in season five in August. Thanks for joining us.
1: You've been listening to The X-Files Revisited. Please join us next time when we dissect another episode of this classic series. If you like what you've been listening to, please don't forget to click subscribe and also leave a rating and a review. It really does help us to get seen. If you'd like to hear or see more from Graham, please visit Man V Film on YouTube. Likewise, if you'd like to hear or see more from Brian, then please head over to Brian Lomax Movie Talk, also on YouTube. All that's left for us to do is to thank you for listening. And until next time, trust no one.